0: Listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life, designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Meara.
1: I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're ticking off another box on the 2023 Reading Glasses 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 Challenge. Attend a library event. We also give advice on displaying zines and recommend some queer middle grade horror. Mallory's number bing, one. Bing, 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 Bing. Yeah. But, for but sure. first, Bria, what are you reading? I just finished a book um, that I read for my book club. It's one that I hadn't read before. I have read another of his, uh, another one of his books, but I read "Clown in a Cornfield" by Adam Caesar.
0: Seasonally appropriate.
1: Yes, uh, very much so. Um, it is a book that I feel like got a lot of attention because it had such a hilarious name. Um, but this book is scary, Mallory. Almost I was surprised by how scary it was. Well, okay. Yes. Okay. So basically, it's about this teenager. She moves to a new town. And when she settles into her house, she's like next to a field. And she looks and she sees this like sign and it has like a clown on it. And this clown is part of like the city's lore. Like it's some company that used to be at this in the city or, or in the city or something. And the clown's name is Frendo, which is also nope. incredibly creepy. Nope. It is. And it's sort of a, a, a clown it has this little hat on. And She makes some friends with some kids, but they're kind of the bad kids. They're kids who like mess, you know, screw around in class. And then she's at a party, and suddenly Frendo gets a little homicidal, and things are going (laughs) poorly. It is quite scary. I was very impressed with the scares, and I, I just really loved it. I thought it was really great writing and um, super super fun spooky horror. If you're ready for spooky spooky horror time, which we always are, I guess. We always are. We always are. What are you reading,
0: Miller? Now, listeners, I want to tell you, Bria and I did not plan this, but my book also takes place in a cornfield.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like vampire in a cornfield.
0: It's a different <laughs> cornfield. It is a book by an author that is coming on the show, I think next week. We're very excited about it. A friend of mine and a Sarah, so we're Gotta love having her on the show. It's What Stocks Among Us by Sarah Hollowell. I loved her last book, A Dark and Starless Forest. So I was really pumped about this one. And I love it. I texted Bria and I was like,
1: and I got oh, it immediately. You gotta and read I read this was, book. And I started reading it and I'm also loving it. And I can't believe I'm reading two cornfield books back to back. That so is much like kind corn. of a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew that a corn... It is a scary place, though, and I actually was thinking a lot about why. Anyway, it is a scary place. We're do- we're about to do a spooky settings episode, which we could do. We should have saved these books for that. I but, know. But um, it is a spooky place because you can't see above the corn.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's corn is just generally that. really freaky. Like, it's just weird to be in a big field of corn. Yeah, that's true. But yours is in a corn maze. Yes. So it's about these two teenagers. It is a YA book, and the main character um, is this is this teenage girl and they were supposed to go on this school field trip to an amusement park, but the main character is fat and she didn't want to go because the last time they went to a, to this particular amusement park, she couldn't fit on some of the rides and she was really embarrassed. And, you know, she knows logically that the world is not made for fat people and it really fucking sucks, but she also has to deal with it in real life. And instead of making a big stink, she decides that she really doesn't want to go. Her best friend's like, Screw it! Let's let's skip school. Let's go somewhere else. So they start driving around. It's in. Uh, I know Sarah's from Indiana, so I think it takes place in Indiana. And they're driving around, and on the side of the road, they see a big cornfield and the reason why they stop and think that's weird is because it's may and that's not when corn grows and they stop and they find out that it's a corn maze and the main character is originally really excited because she loves corn mazes so she's like oh my god let's go in and they go in and uh they like park the car walk into the corn maze and at first they're really excited until they come upon a corpse and it is a corpse of her best friend that is standing right next to her. And things continue to get weirder from there. They realize they cannot get out of the maze. Their phones are not working. They keep finding finding the corpses of themselves. They keep finding their stuff. Like the first thing they find, it's not really a spoiler, is the main character's phone all smashed up while she's still holding her own phone. And so there's all this weird time stuff. Things get really creepy and really weird. And it's just amazing. I texted Bree immediately and I was like, you got to read this book. It is just so good. I'm loving it so much. It's like such a great plot book. You're dying to know what happens. So if you are looking for a book that's perfect to start you off with spooky season, I mean, really, any of these corn books would work for you.
1: (laughs) Any corn-based book you can read for spooky season.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But mine is What Stocks Among Us by Sarah Hollowell,
1: And mine is Clown in a Cornfield by Adam Season.
0: So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got... So much feedback about teachers sharing ebooks with students. Oh my god, so many. Oh great, so many librarians and teachers wrote in. So both Bethany and Carrie wrote in to suggest reaching out to the public library and see if they can work together to get students signed up for library cards, which is mm. a, always a good thing. Even if you're not trying, if you, even if you're a teacher not trying to share ebooks with your students, it's never a bad idea to get your students signed up for library cards. Bethany and Carrie suggest then they would have access to the public library's Libby and or Hoopla collection. I'm a school librarian, and we were able to partner with the public library to get accounts automatically created for all our students. It's been a real game changer because their collection of ebooks and audiobooks is much more extensive than the school district could afford. Love oh, that. I love you know, that. we always that always want people to sign up for the library.
1: Yeah. And in case people forgot, this was a teacher who wants to share ebooks that she bought, right, with her students. That was the whole problem. Yes. So Becky and Brandy suggested, I agree, and that she should. Just buy super cheap Kindles and loan them to your kids. That's what we thought. As I have a Kindle Fire I don't use very often that I've loaned when someone wants to read a book, I have. You can find cheap ones on Amazon, but I have another suggestion as well. If you can find a way to let her know to try unclaimedbaggage.com. They have super deals on good used e-readers, Nooks and Kubo's included, and sometimes they are super cheap. I just wanted to
0: help this teacher in any way I could. That is
1: so sweet. I liter- I've i never heard of unclaimedbaggage.com. yeah.
0: I kind of want to just look at it to see what stuff. Can you imagine just being like, you know what? I lost my bag, and fuck it, I'm leaving it all behind. Don't care. I'm done.
1: I'm like, like good, good riddance. The nation's only retailer of
0: lost luggage. What? How do you get a hold of that? There must be a a system where you can buy unclaimed luggage from the airport. Is it like that? Remember that show where people like buy old storage units that people stopped paying for? Oh, certainly. That was great.
1: What a great show. Because sometimes they get like, you know, a bunch of great stuff. And sometimes it would just be like full of hay or something. Like it was just like <laughs> not a. Full of corn. A- <laughs> <laughs> it was just full of corn. Wow. There is a lot of stuff on here. Unclaimedbaggage.com. Here's a bunch of laptops and computers. I'm looking. They have 13 laptops here. Some old ass laptops on here if you want an old ass laptop. Wow. So, but that's good to know. They might have e-readers and stuff. Huh. Interesting. What a strange
0: website. Very strange. Mm. And then Karina writes in to say, If the teacher was willing to go the crowdfunding route, they could get a bunch of gently used Kindles and preload them with content. You could use a new email address to create an Amazon account where you could program them as Kindle 1, Romance, Kindle 2, Adventure, etc. Then you would only have to track That's the cute. Kindles and not each ebook. Unfortunately, this would not allow the teacher to share their current library, but would essentially be starting a new one that they could share going forward. Crowdfunding, this wouldn't be too difficult especially using a website like donors choose that is fun i think i mean it th- seems like really the all these teachers and librarians are co-signing that getting the getting the kindles and preloading them with stuff is a great way to share them with students
1: yeah and look if this teacher decides to make a donors choose share it with us and we'll put it on the show
0: yeah and then karina's wheelhouse is queer romanticy, vampire smut Teen girls solving big problems, grumpy sunshine trope, and real love triangles, all three are in love. No love arrows. (laughs) Um, I just have
1: to point out, romanticy is a word I haven't heard before, but I love it. It's the new hot thing fantasy. fantasy.
0: It is the new hot thing. It's like a little bit cozy. It's like Mm -hmm. a fantasy story where people fall in love. It's kind of so... Uh, yeah, sort cute. of like a, a little more romantic version of House in the Cerulean Sea. Oh, cute. Okay. I like it. Romantic. New hot thing. I think next year okay. is going to be the romanticy year. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Just want to let people know, we had a lot of problems with our last newsletter platform. Uh, we got a lot of angry emails from folks and some nice emails from people who were not getting the newsletter, um, were signing up for it and then never receiving it. We had a lot of problems with it. So we're changing over to a new newsletter platform. So if you get the newsletter and you receive it, if you've already gotten it, maybe for September, just make sure to flag the sender as a friendly emailer, and it won't go into your spam, but just if it goes to a weird place or it looks a little bit different this month, that's why we're trying to fix this. We're really doing our best. So there's a link in the show notes for that. Check that out. And before we talk about attending library events, we're going to take a quick break.
1: Reading Glasses is brought to you in part by Green Chef. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating clean with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. And hey, Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, and with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there is truly something for everyone. You can eat clean the delicious way this September with flavor-packed recipes like shrimp and kale Caesar salad Vegan cauliflower power bowl with rainbow quinoa and tropical surf and turp with pineapple salsa, chimichurri and cashew corn rice. Wow, those all sound delicious. You can get ahead of the busy season with our convenient step-by-step recipes, including dinners ready in 25 minutes or less, 10 minute lunches. Wow, only 10 minutes. This is the fastest lunch I've ever seen. And grab and go lunches and green bundles featuring clean snacks and functional beverages and Green Chef customers get a free session with a registered dietitian who can walk you through how to make clean eating work for you. So sign up and start your journey towards better health today. Y'all know we love Green Chef. I recently got a box of Green Chef. It had three meals in it. You can get more. You can have it for more people. Mine was for two people. And wow, it has all sorts of stuff in there that I would never make. And you know how sometimes you want you buy like a whole bottle, you're like, I don't need a whole bottle of pesto, but a little bit of pesto to put on this one delicious cauliflower dish is exactly what I need. It is such an easy way to come home and know what you're doing I love Green Chef. So go to greenchef.com slash 60Glasses and use code 60Glasses to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash 60Glasses and code 60Glasses to get 60% off plus free shipping. Glasses. Somewhere in an alternate universe where Hollywood is smarter.
0: And the Emmy nominees for Outstanding Comedy Series are Jet Pacula, Airport Marriott, Frepple, Dear America, We've Seen You Naked, and Allah in the Family.
1: In our stupid universe, you can't see any of these shows, but you can listen to them on Dead Pilot Society, the podcast that brings you hilarious comedy pilots that the networks and streamers bought but never made. Journey to the alternate television universe of Dead Pilot Society on MaximumFun.org.
0: This week, we're ticking off another box on the 2023 Reading Glasses, Glasses, Glasses Challenge. Attend a library event. We're going to tell you the rules of this particular challenge, why we wanted to include this challenge, and how we think it can improve your reading life. So, first off, the rules. We know glasses glassers want to do rules. things, right? I see people talking in the Slack channel all the time about, all right, want to make sure that I'm, does this count? Am doing I doing it right. this correctly? Right. We got Mm -hmm. you. So you must attend a library event, but it could be either virtual or in person. You don't have to actually go there. You can totally do a virtual one. That's fine. And it can be any kind of event. It can be a class, an author reading, a book club, but it has to be an event not a program. Joining your library summer reading program only counts if there is some kind of event like a meetup at the end. But just like doing a program where you don't have to participate in a singular event does not count. So mm-hmm. Bria, why do we put this on the challenge this year?
1: Well, I mean, one thing we really like about doing this show is opening up people's eyes to how much libraries have to offer. It's, it's not just a place for free books and audiobooks and ebooks and comics and all sorts of things which those things are great. They are amazing community centers and they offer so many classes that have nothing to do with reading from language courses to business courses they offer author events, they offer clubs and librarians work really hard to run events that improve the lives of their patrons. So it's always worth checking out. You might be surprised about what your library is offering.
0: So I really loved reading people talking about this part of the challenge in the Slack this year because Mm -hmm. so many glassers have discovered exciting things that their libraries offer that they had No idea about, and that's it's just been so cute to be like reading these posts. Like, oh my god, I didn't know my libraries did this, and oh my god, I I I went to this thing and I didn't even know it existed. Just in my local library system, the Riverside Library System, there are knit and crochet meetups. There's ASL classes. There's kids events. There's a chess club. There's fitness classes. There's just so much stuff, and we really want to. The whole point of this challenge is for people to just see how great libraries are. We're just gassing up libraries.
1: And it's great because they offer all these wonderful things. And, you know, there is a lot of attack on libraries right now. It's great to support them and show that you care by attending their events and the things that they're doing for the community.
0: Uh, So what did we do to complete this part of the challenge, Bria?
1: I saw a couple months ago that my library, Los Angeles Public Library, was hosting a talk with Kathleen Hanna of Bikini Kill and La Tigra. Whoa and James Spooner <laughs> who wrote um a graphic novel called High Desert which I think I talked about on the show or I put it in the newsletter it's called High Desert Black Punk Nowhere this event of course was sold out because of I assume Kathleen Hanna also James yep. Spooner as cool he's he is a documentarian is that what you call a person who makes documentaries yeah, yeah. right yeah. documentary yeah but it was you know in this year of our lord 2023 i can log on and just watch it on my phone which is exactly what I did so I logged on I watched it live it was great I hadn't read the book yet but it was I bought it immediately and um I really loved it and it was just this great conversation because it's a, that that comic is all about his life being a punk kid in the 90s and being biracial and what that was like because it was very complicated there were a lot of skinheads in the scene in that in that time period and It was complicated being a kid, discovering punk, and discovering the scene that wasn't necessarily always welcoming to him um, and him discovering his identity. I just loved this book and I loved their conversation because obviously Kathleen Hanna had a lot to say about punk in that era too because she you know was Riot Girl and like that was a real response to the male dominance of the punk scene at that time as well. So anyway, I loved it. That's what I did. I watched this. I I was inspired and I bought the book and uh, even reached out to the author and was like, I loved this book. So what, what did you do?
0: I almost cheated on this. <laughs> okay.
1: That's fine. <laughs> Tell because me. I gave I'm glad hard. you're admitting it.
0: <laughs> I gave a talk at the at my local library, the Idlewild Library, and I almost counted that because I was like, this is an event and I'm doing extra work because I'm doing the event. And it was so much fun and I really enjoyed it. But then I decided to not be a cheater and then check out what the Los Angeles library has to offer because I still have my LA public library. And mm. quick aside, I want to recommend, I've seen a few people say like, hey, my li- local library is really small and any of the events that they offer seem really appealing to me. What the folks in the, the Slack said and uh, what we will agree with is you don't have to do your library, you can. Yeah. There's so many major libraries in this in this country. The uh, New York Public Library, the Los Angeles Public Library, San Francisco Public Library. There's a, just a bunch of any any huge major city in this country is going to have a great library, and a lot of those events are open to everybody. You yeah, know? the
1: one I went to was was open. It was just anyone could go.
0: Yeah, so if you are sort of flailing and you're not sure what event you're going to pick for your local library, go and look at the New York Public Library, look at the Los Angeles Public Library. There's tons of virtual events that you can just go check out on your phone or join on Zoom, and you don't have to worry about flying across the country to go to the, go to that library. So I decided to check out what the Los Angeles Library had to offer, and I found out that the Northridge Library does this really cool thing. They do an online serialized reading from David Copperfield every Tuesday afternoon. So every what? Tuesday afternoon, someone just gets up and reads another part of David Copperfield.
1: Wait, what do you I, mean someone? Like just I, a random a person? Oh, 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 oh. Okay, it's not like they're like.
0: It's not like a raffle. They're the like audience. today, it's gonna be you.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're like I just came to watch. And like, <laughs> no, no. You I have imagine to read going, David to, going to Holt. a
0: reading and you find out that you're doing the reading. You're, that is a true nightmare. That's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> Uh, but I was like what a lovely random thing and I was like that's just some of the random things that libraries do that I just fucking love I was like that is so cool and so soothing so I'm gonna tune in for one of those and I was like that's just so great and all you gotta do is email the library have them put you on the zoom invite list Mm -hmm. and at four o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon pacific time you can just sit and have a little cup of tea and listen to someone listen read out loud. David
1: Copperfield. I mean, how long does it take? I mean, this is going to take them all year.
0: Yeah, probably a really yeah. long time.
1: I've never read David Copperfield, but
0: it's a Charles Dickens book, so it's going to be a honker. Yeah.
1: And I was like, but I Damn. love someone reading it. I mean, I do really. That's fun. All right, well, let me know how that is. You haven't gone yet. No. Okay. All right. Let me know how it is. I'm curious.
0: Man, but that's like the kind of libraries just do so much cool stuff. And, you know, even if you have a small local library, a lot of them have, like, the know Wild library is tiny, but they have classes, they have book clubs they have fitness stuff like they they have tons of stuff and if you have a bigger library like remember we when we went to the Westport library they have oh my Lord. a 3D printer they have a podcast studio they have instruments that you can go in there's just like that's one of my favorite things when people ask me about doing the show and they're like well what cool tips do you have for me i'm like check out what your library offers Like I have a friend who recently started taking his daughter to the library in Los Angeles and he was like man I forgot how cool libraries are and I was like yeah dude there is so much especially if you have a kid you gotta be taking your kid to the library because even not even just the books but there's just like story times and classes there's just so much stuff that you can do there and I know this like exhausted librarians that are like please don't bring any more children to the library (laughs) but they don't really mean it I mean they do a little bit but It's just so great, and that's why we wanted to put this part of the challenge. Basically, just to highlight, so everybody who listens to the show and does this part of the challenge can look at what their library has to offer and maybe get their their reading lives and their regular lives improved just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we solve a zine display problem, we're going to take a quick break.
1: Reading Glasses is brought to you in part today by Microdose Gummies. You've probably heard about microdosing, but if not, just know all sorts of people that you know, or maybe you don't know, but people maybe you love, people you respect, I don't know. They're all using microdosing to feel healthier and perform better. Listen, there's a lot of reasons that you might wanna microdose. Here's just a few, okay? Maybe you just want to get in the zone when you're doing creative work. I know that's something that I need to do. My mind is wondering, it's like, should I check Instagram? Should I look at some dumb website? Should I check some other social media that for some reason I'm a part of and I don't really care about? No, I really just want to focus on my creative work and microdosing can help you do that. Other things that can help you do is enjoying the moment. Maybe you feel like you're you're not very present because you're thinking about, oh, I need to go fold the laundry. Oh, I need to do this thing for tomorrow. But microdosing, one half of a gummy, however much you need, can help you just focus on being present, taking a little walk, looking at nature, the things that used to like sort of fly by and you weren't paying attention to. Microdosing can help you pay attention to those things. These really do work. They really are amazing. They can help you get in that zone you want to get into. And microdose is available nationwide. So to learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code GLASSES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com, code GLASSES. GLASSES.
0: I'm Jesse Thorne. Bullseye is celebrating 50 years of hip-hop by bringing you an entire month of brand-new interviews with rappers. That means Jeezy. I put my pain in the music. Angie Stone. You know, hip-hops. We called them hops back then. Master P. Music is what's going to open the doors for us, but whatever we come up with after this, it's going to be bigger. Plus, Chica, Saba... Even the greatest of them all Rockin. That's this September. Open up that podcast app, type in Bullseye, and hit subscribe. You're not going to want to miss any of this. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Christy writes in over the years, I've collected a delightful little collection of zines, everything from the classic eightfold to 70 page honkers. I mean, it's a honker for a zine, <laughs> but I don't know how to store and or display them. They just get lost in my bookshelves. Do you have any advice? Bria, you were a zine queen back in the day.
1: I, I had a zine distro for a brief oh my for about a year or so two cool. in there and I would go to punk shows and sell zines. I have this problem, but for comics too, like and I'm sure you have this too, single issue comics. You put them on a shelf and you're like, I first of all, they get fucked up or they disappear somewhere and you're like, how? where are they? Like, because they're so small. But I would suggest maybe a comic rack. I mean, these are designed for them and you can definitely buy these. Like I know there was a comic store that was moving here and they just were selling a bunch. And I was like, should I buy one of those? But that's only if you have room for it. Like I'm thinking the thing that like turns around you know, like in a circle, like in a like in pivots or whatever. And they have like little metal wiring or whatever. But it's only if you have room for it. I think it could be cute. And again, like go on Craigslist or something. Like people sell these things like bookstores and stuff. If you don't have that kind of room, I was thinking maybe a little mini shelf, like a little mini shelf with that you can make them face out. And like this would be a rotating situation. Like you put some of your favorites on there. I think that that could work. I also sometimes will take small things like this and I'll put them face out on a normal shelf, like in front of my books, which is shelf anarchy, I realize. like It is like, I, 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 a lot of times we'll have like a shelf and I'll put pictures in front of the books or I'll put something small in front of it. And that could be one, like some cool ones you could just have on display. I I guess I'm answering the display question more than the storing question. Do you have an answer for the storing question or the display
0: question? Well, I was gonna, this is, I have all tips for the display. Okay, great, great. You know those little like, wooden or metal holders they're like for like holding plates up upright you know what I mean interesting like for um
1: yeah like in your like in a cabinet in your kitchen yeah
0: I wonder if you can get a few of those like I see sometimes authors bring those to conventions and so they can have their book face out while they're on panels and stuff that might be kind of fun to get a few of those and like put them around a shelf and like display them uh my other idea was though you know those wooden kids bookshelves and it's like a really shallow bookshelf but it has a wooden rail so it's for it's for picture books I think that would be really good for a zine
1: yeah and that'd be good because you could still do it a couple deep but then you would still see like a couple you would see the ones on the outside which could be good I feel like that's kind of how they have zines and comics at like the comic store that I go to yeah Um, I think that's a good good idea do you have suggestions for storage though like, if you have, like, a ton of them.
0: I mean, it depends on, like, if, if you only have a few, you could do a folder. But if you have a ton of them, I know Jer- my boyfriend, who's a comics writer and has a bazillion comics, has those comic boxes. They're I forget oh, what yeah. they're called, but they're, like, exactly shaped like a comic, and they're very long. Mm-hmm. And you could put those hanging folders in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That could work. That's a good idea.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. But you wouldn't or be you able just to generally... see them, but... Yeah, but if you're just trying to keep them safe and not get them destroyed, because the problem with zines is that they can be destroyed. And if you have some ones that, like, might be valuable, you may want to get, like, some comic, like, you know, stuff to put them in. Bag and board. hmm Yeah, exactly.
0: That seconds. might be yeah. actually that might be a really really good idea, and then put those in a in a hanging folder in like a little filing cabinet or a comic box. The only thing yeah. I will say is someone who's had to move with my boyfriend multiple times, those things fucking suck to move. Yeah, they're they're massive. Yeah, they're so heavy yeah. and they're so sharp. And I always yeah. like I'm always like, no, babe, you got to move those. I'm not picking those up. Sharp. <laughs> like the I edges of them are so sharp because oh. they're plastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I yeah, hate yeah, yeah. them. Jeremy's probably yeah. listening to me saying this. <laughs> They're awful. But so for, so what we're saying is for display, face them out, kids bookshelf, plate holders. There's definitely a better word for that. Or like, a, I like, like a little comic rack that would be really, really cute. If you got a mini one that you could put on an end table, that would be fucking oh, adorable. So cute. So, so, cute, cute. Yeah. so there's a lot, of, there's a few options. Christy, write back in and give us some follow-up. We'd love to see a picture of what you decide on. If you want us to solve your bookish problem, you can send it to readingclassespodcast at gmail.com. Time to answer a recommendation request from Jeff. Jeff says, dear Brian Mallory, thank you for answering my question about the horror chili meter. So we, Jeff wrote in a while ago and wanted to know good books to get into horror and figure out what, how, like, what his level of, his threshold of scariness was. Jeff read all three of our recommendations, which were A Head Full of Ghosts, Luminous Dead, and My Best Friend's Exorcism definitely sounds like us giving recommendations Uh, Mm -hmm. and Jeff says I love them all I did not shit my pants I came close though and now my horror tolerance threshold (laughs) has been raised which has given me more confidence when picking up new titles but also leaving me a little disappointed at my warm spine and stationary skin I wanted to let you know about a reading activity I've been doing that you're welcome to steal for the last two Octobers I've been doing something I've been calling Hollow Queen where for the month of October I read nothing but queer horror I've read a lot of adult and YA novels but I was wondering if you could give me any recommendations for middle grade horror or horror graphic novels or comics featuring queer characters. Jeff, we got you covered. Bria, what do you think?
1: By the way, Mallory's been training for this her whole life. Oh my god, She's been it's a montage for this of the last few years.
0: I've got a I've got a sweatband Na-na. on. I'm doing curls with with the uh, stacks yeah. of books. I'm ready. She-
1: she is ready. I do not read much middle grade horror at all. In fact, I really don't know if I have any. One I thought of, it's not, the character isn't necessarily queer, but it's written by Clive Barker.
0: Yes, so you're saying Okay,
1: so it's, so it's The Thief of Always by Clive Barker. It's about a 10-year-old who's bored with his life, He finds a house where it's magically always Christmas, and uh, he goes there, and he's like, oh, this is so much better than my normal, boring life, and then he quickly realizes things are not what they seem, and a lot of the other children there are in danger, and he's in danger, and he also cannot leave. It is great. It's a really great, fun, middle-grade read, and it's um, Clive Barker, who's amazing. Can't remember, like, the character is quite young, so I I can't remember if, I don't think there was any romance either way
0: um in the book. No, I don't I, I don't I don't think the character talks about their sexuality in any way, shape I don't, or form.
1: Yeah. But it's a great middle grade horror and it's super it's it's Clive Barker, it's super well written. I was surprised by how fun it was considering it was Clive Barker
0: too. Yeah. Um very yeah. lighthearted well, for Clive Barker. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it really is. It is. But it's great and scary. It is scary. I thought it was quite like, you know, it's not shit your pants horror, but it, I thought it was pretty scary.
0: Uh, what do you have? So I'm the middle grade horror fanatic and I've recommended so many books on the show. So I dug deep on this one and I picked one that I've never talked about. Right? I'm going to recommend um, and I'm actually reading it right now. Um, oh. it! I got it from the library because uh, it's we're. Finally in spooky season, I mean, not when we're recording this, but I started spooky season reading a little bit early because I had a lot of books okay. to read this year. And it's called The Devouring Wolf by Natalie C. Parker. And so we got not one queer werewolf, not two queer werewolves, but a whole queer werewolf pack. Wow. We
1: got How many makes a pack?
0: You got queer werewolves up the wazoo on this one. <laughs> uh, so it's about this little girl, and she's a werewolf, and she comes from this pack of werewolves. And on the day that she is supposed to turn, it's like the whole—it's like the special day where all her other friends that are the same age, they're all twelve, and it's supposed to be like the day they're turning into their wolf forms for the first time. When this happens, the second worst possible thing happens none of them actually shift. They're all stuck. They're all still human. They do not shift. And it might be connected to the fact that the first worst possible thing has happened. There is an ancient evil that has awoken in the forest that they live nearby. And this ancient evil eats the inner magic of werewolves that makes them change. So they're all stuck as humans and they have this this pack of queer werewolves has to get together and fight this thing that's in this forest. And it's middle grade horror. It's super fun so far. And if you are looking for more gay werewolves, we got you covered. I'm really enjoying it. It's been a really fun, spooky season read so far. So that's The Devouring Wolf by Natalie C. Parker. And mine is
1: The Thief of Always by Clive Barker. Mallory, I feel like there should be a name for this type of book where it's like a magical something creature person whatever can't do the magic thing they're supposed to do anymore magic like
0: blue balls
1: yeah because <laughs> there's another book you recommend a lot about mermaids that this is a drunk mermaids or something
0: oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, um thirsty thirsty mermaids
1: yeah thirsty something oh no, it's oh hold on but it's another one where they can't turn into the thing that they need to turn into i can't remember uh, which way it is
0: it i think it's thirsty thirsty. oh yeah it's thirsty mermaids but they that's i like that they called it
1: drunk mermaids
0: (laughs) (laughs) they are it's not a kid's thing at all but it's uh, no no
1: no but this is like a category of book that's like the magic thing the thing is that you're magic but uh oh your magic isn't working like that's a cool category of book
0: this gotta like magic i don't want to say magic blue balls because that's not appropriate for children's books no that's right yeah it's
1: like some sort of like Reverse magic fail, you know, discuss- yeah. Some sort of magic fail book, hashtag magic fail,
0: hashtag yeah. magic anyway, I think fail. It's cool. Or maybe your magic is not working in the way that it is supposed to, like um, Molly Ostertag's The Hidden Witch. No, what is it? The Witch Boy, The Witch Boy. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, his he has magic, but it's not the quote unquote right type of magic, magic fail, All right?
1: Magic fail, magic fail books.
0: Anyway, what was your pick, Brian? Thief of Always. But yeah, Jeff, give us some follow-up. Let us know. Uh, what I, I don't think either one of these are super scary, but they are definitely horror and they're definitely fun for spooky season. So if you want us to answer your recommendation request, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group. And remember, folks... Boogie season also means chilly season and it is a great time of the year to buy a reading glasses sweatshirt. We have them Ooh. in tons of different designs, tons of different colors, tons of different fabrics, tons of different sizes. It is the perfect time of year to get a library user sweatshirt, a reading glasses sweatshirt, a libraries are fucking awesome sweatshirt. Maybe you want to buy a sweatshirt to celebrate you doing this part of the challenge. But you can check it out over at our Void Merch store. There's a link in the show notes. And remember, if you buy a tote bag, a sweatshirt, a shirt, a sticker from our Void Merch store, it directly goes to Bria and I every month to help us feed our cats. Bria's cat's at the ophthalmologist today and she's going to need help paying for <laughs>
1: That's that. True. He, he, she is. <laughs> she's at the ophthalmologist right now.
0: Uh, and if you like the show and you want to do something for free for us, that really, really warms our hearts and does a great thing for the show. Rate, review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. Maybe you listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Maybe you listen to us on Spotify. It will take you 30 seconds in the mobile app and it is really, really great for us and helps the show grow. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for reading. Thanks for reading.